All right, fire up the music. Let's right. talk about these bowls that are definitely not getting played. Let's do yeah, it. Yeah, that's the that's what makes it so tough is like you know at least three of these bowls aren't going to happen. Um, three? Right. Of the ten we're talking about today. Oh, okay, yes. There you go. All right. Here we go. All right, everybody, welcome to the Take the Points College Football Podcast, Bowl Spectacular Part 1. We might have to remove the um, spectacular part from it this time because who knows how many games. We were just joking that there's going to be like three games played. So might not be spectacular, but something's going to happen, and we're here to talk about it. I'm Tom. I'm here with Dan and Ryan live from Phoenix, Arizona. Gentlemen, before we get into talking about the bowls or the playoff selection or anything, is there anything you want to talk about takeaways from uh, last Saturday, the championship week? Alabama's offense is really good. Nice job by Florida for, you know, doing as good a job as they can to, to try to keep that game close. They just ran out of time. Um Valiant effort by Northwestern before ultimately allowing Ohio State. Hats off to Ohio State for not running in the extra touchdown there at the two-yard line. Shocked they didn't punch that one in to go up 29-10 to make it look not as close. And uh, Dabo Sweeney voting Ohio State 11th, I think, is one of the funnier things that happened. So looking forward to the playoff. Uh, A&M fans, I'm sorry. You just got wrecked by Alabama too much. We couldn't let you in. Unfortunately, Notre Dame, a worthy number four, Notre Dame, ugh, uh, received the, the spot. So looking forward to the playoff a lot. Seeing how many of these bowls happen is up in the air. Who cares? We're recording this on a Monday. As long as we get the game on Tuesday in the semifinals, I think we'll be okay. So let's have some fun with this. Right? what did you like from last week? Uh, I like Dabo laying the smack down and then talking tons and tons of trash. Uh, it's great. I don't know if you guys saw his quote about Ohio state and preparing for that game. He said, should be pretty easy. Not a lot of film to pour through. Uh, I, I did not see that, but that's very good. And he's like, look, I'm not lying. It's it, they only played six games. It's fact. Like it's, he's the best. Um, yes. And Notre Dame gets the, take the points Wayne's world award for the, we're not worthy uh, (laughs) slot. So good for them. They're going to get murdered. Dan. Um, unfortunately we, uh, had no episode last week due to technical difficulties, but I'd like to congratulate the university of Arizona for firing Kevin Sumlin. Um, I feel like we need to talk about this briefly here on Take the Points. We had high hopes for Kevin Sumlin when he inherited Khalil Tate at Arizona, and every year got worse, culminating in a winless season this year, losing 70-7 to to a mediocre Arizona State team. Um, just one of the worst coaching jobs I think I may have ever seen at any college over the past three years. I mean, really, he couldn't have done any worse. He did – as, as absolute rock bottom as you can. He won no games that he was an underdog in. He only blew games as favorites. Absolutely terrible. 
Congratulations, U of A. It can't get worse. Maybe you look at New Mexico's coach, Danny Gonzalez, perchance. They did win two Mountain West games, and seeing they didn't win any for the last six years combined, that's pretty good for a nice young coach. But um, Kevin Sumlin, goodbye. Gus Malzahn, goodbye. Um, Lovey. Lovey Smith. Lovey Smith, a favorite here of Take the Points. Uh, a Tarmac Report um, alumni, uh, as was Mr. Sumlin, um, both met their maker. So looking for some new coaches there. Interested to see who takes the Auburn job, too. Um, a lot to talk about here on the offseason. I did hear there is a college coach as one of the favorites for the Detroit Lions job. I don't think you guys would guess if I gave you 6,000 guesses. Shark Humper. Harbaugh? No, that would be special assistant Marvin Lewis of Arizona oh. State. Oh, no. Uh, is being floated as a potential oh, no. frontrunner for the Lions job. Well, it, oh. no. That has Harbaugh written all over it, that job. Um, I, I want to say something about Sumlin. Now that Jimbo Fisher has Texas A&M back in the top five. I think it's fair to say that not only did someone do a horrible job at Arizona, but he did a horrible job at Texas A&M. You got Kyler Murray tearing it up in the NFL. You got Kyle Allen starter or was a starter. I don't know if he's still starting. Um, all the talent there, Jimbo was able to turn it back around in two or three years. So just an awful job all around. And I got a guy for you guys. Uh, I don't know his name, but the San Jose State coach has done He's one way too good. hell of a job. No way. He is way above Arizona. He is going to take a big, big time job very soon. Any other projections? I mean, BYU's coach, I think, is above the job. Who else you got out oh, there? Yeah. yeah, he's way above that job. So we're really going to New Mexico football. I think Danny Gonzalez would be a great hire. Something like that. Um, I'll tell you who, who's, who's a newly unemployed defensive coordinator that you shouldn't be hiring, and that would be Bo Pelini. Because thank you, America. Take the points. Told you early. We apologize for missing it week one. We didn't miss it the rest of the year. The LSU overs all came in. And uh, thank you, Bo. Thank you for this last game with 95 points too. So I got, I got a dream team coaching hire for you guys. It's actually a take the points dream team. So it would be very bad in real life, but it would produce oh, yeah. the, the greatest comic effect of all time and make games that were, were uh, incredibly watchable. Uh, head coach, Bo Pelini, defensive coordinator, Greg Williams, offensive coordinator, Art Bryles, every game, Hundred to ninety-seven, All and everyone will You're hate on the right you. Track. You'll be the worst Kendall team. Bryles, he could be a good hire at Arizona. I'd go. I'd go look at Kendall Bryles. That's interesting. Yeah, Art Bryles is on my my uh, joke bad team. Kendall's actually good. Art's the man. Don't worry about it. Art's going to be at Liberty very soon. Don't worry about that. Yep, looking forward to bringing Art back. All right. <laughs> um, Take the points. The number one Art Bryles podcast. 
before we get into the games, is there, we all agree that Notre Dame is going to get absolutely boat raced by Alabama, but was there a better choice? I mean, A&M, they got destroyed by Alabama already. They showed that they're not a top two level team. Cincy, I mean, Cincy won by three points against Tulsa. What team in the country outside of Alabama, Clemson, and Ohio State would have the closest chance against Alabama? What team everywhere do you think would, would actually play them the closest? I mean, I think we just saw it with Florida. I mean, I think, I think, you're right. I think legitimately Florida is the fourth best team in the country, but because they have three losses and they just blew a game to LSU, you can't put them in. I think you're right. I think, I think uh, Florida is actually the fourth best team in America, and they might actually be higher than that. They might actually be better than Ohio State. They might be the third best team. Yeah, but you can't, I mean, you just can't put in a team that lost three games. What I, I mean, no, because course, I don't feel like there's, I, I don't feel like there's any team that's going to beat Alabama in that four slot. This would have been the year to put in Cincy or coastal. Just, just do it. I mean, they're going to lose by 40. Well, so is Notre Dame. So who cares? Exactly the same. Exactly the same. Cincy will put right, up, Tom. would have put up as valiant an effort against Alabama as Notre Dame will. And by the way, we predicted the lines. I think I came in the lowest at 24 and a half. And uh, did you catch what it opened at? No. I believe it was a very, very low 20 and a half. So get those bets in, gentlemen. I mean, we're not talking about the playoffs uh, in this show. We'll talk about that next week. But get those bets in ASAP on the Alabama Crimson Tide minus less than three touchdowns. I'm sure it's already up to like 23. But don't wait. It should be 37. Don't, don't hesitate. All right. We'll talk about this at length next week. Yeah. So today we're going to do the first, uh, 10 ish games ending around, uh, the Alamo bowl. And then next week we'll be back to talk about the, the college football playoff and everything, uh, around that same time. So without further ado, Dan, let's get right into it. All right, Tom. One thing that's uh, cool about this season is there's no waiting for these games to start. There was a game today. I was at work. I said, what the fuck is that on TV? And an Appalachian State was running the end zone. So, you know what? Here we go. Tuesday, December 22nd, Tulane and Nevada. Tulane laying two and a half, total of 57. Here's all I really know about this. Uh, Nevada's got Jay Norvell as the head coach. They started hot, maybe 6-0, and maybe 5-0. and They've lost two out of three. They kind, of, they kind of got exposed as not a good team. They don't really have any team defense. Moral of the story, um, I think when it comes to wagering on these bowl games this year, just bet a lot of overs. I think there's going to be less defense than ever this year. Um, oh, wait a minute. Thank you, Ryan, for pointing this out. This is the famous – you know what? Start the show over. Pack it up. <laughs> The famous Idaho Potato Bowl outside of Boise, Idaho. We got Tulane minus two and a half, total of 57. Tulane coming from, coming from Louisiana. Any sort of over in a Boise, in an Idaho December football game. In fact, stay away from this one and just wait for the night game. That's my prediction. Ryan, do you have anything to add? Oh, yeah. I'm going heavy Nevada in this game. You know why? They can play in this weather. Tulane plays in a dome in New Orleans. They made a bowl game and is a, a, a 
reward, they get to leave New Orleans to go to Boise, Idaho. Uh, no, nah, it's going to suck. So I'm taking Nevada. Yeah, that's that's one of the rare like punishment bowls that we talk about in previous seasons where you're you're actually better off just staying and playing in the New Orleans, the you know, RNL carrier bowl or whatever it is. But yeah, instead Correct. they trade in their uh hurricanes for some potatoes. So I'm going Nevada for that reason. Too cold for those two lane boys. Very possible. Uh I like the under of fifty seven. That's what I'm going to bet. 40 degrees and rain scheduled for tomorrow Ooh. in Boise. Not good. Uh, but the night game is going to be fantastic. One of the best bowl games of all, somehow. UCF uh, faces off against BYU. BYU six-and-a-half-point favorite total, 75. Well, here's the thing with this one. Um, I'll start this one. Uh, UCF has not a very good defense. But the problem is BYU playing on the East Coast is highly, highly suspect. I think maybe the game against Coastal Carolina might actually help BYU here. They already made one long trip to the East Coast and got out of their West Coast comfort zone. Um, But laying the six and a half is still really strange. You know that UCF's going to score a lot of points. I'm just going to roll with over 75 and go for a huge monster shootout. I don't see um, BYU getting stopped by UCF a lot. UCF, you know, is going to put up points run a hurry up. So I think BYU gets in the 40s. I think UCF gets in the 30s. And I think this flies over the 75. So I'm taking it over. Ryan, what you got? This line's right on. It's 75 is really good. I was surprised it was this high. I thought it would be more like 70. But this is where it's like, you know, Dan said, it's tough for a mountain team to go to Florida, but it's also tough for a Florida team to have to stay in Florida too. Like they don't get to travel. They just take like a bus over to Boca, <laughs> you know, like. Busting it to Boca. You know, busting it to Boca. Like I've Looking done for that. Milk, over in Boca. Sorry. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's a weird game. Motivation is, is weird for both teams, but I'm just going to go with the team I think is better and that's BYU. I'll lay the, I'll lay the six and a half. That's basically the conclusion I came to after trying to do all matchups and stuff. It's to me, all these games are always about motivation. And the question is, is BYU going to be disappointed? They're not in a better bowl game after the coastal loss. And are they going to mail it in? Um, Because they're the better team. Clearly Um, I'm going to say that because it's BYU, they are going to be happy to be in a bowl. They're not going to have the kind of a letdown that like a Florida or an A&M type team would have in this situation. So I'll go BYU, but I don't feel great about it. I will watch and enjoy this game. Yeah. Dylan Gabriel in nine games, 30 touchdown passes. Pretty impressive. Yeah. And Mackenzie Milton uh, off to Florida state. So quite the stable of QBs they've developed there. He's, he's so good. Yeah. Mackenzie Milton's a stud. He took this whole year off, right? And he's just, he practiced the whole year with the team, like full speed practices. He's going to keep, that's a nice pickup for FSU next year. For sure. All right. We're on to Wednesday. This game's not great. Louisiana Tech at Georgia Southern. Georgia Southern minus five and a half. Total 48 and a half. This is the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl. Tom, you make a pick on this game. 
It's so hard. Georgia Southern, are they the option team or am I thinking of Georgia yeah. State? I think they're the option team, yeah. I always get them confused. All right, I'll take the option team in a game where it's there's not a lot of time to prepare and um, you know, it's just a challenging situation in general. And when you have to face an option team, it's always just so tough. So I will uh, lay the points. Ryan. I'll take the home team. Give me the five and a half. I'm going to take an over on turf inside college football over 48 and a half. Oh uh, yeah. I thought we were picking a side. Yeah. The over obviously is the pick in this game. Pick whatever you want. This is, this is take the points. You can talk about three eleven. You don't even have to talk. We about will. This. Like, like, don't worry. I'll just send it to you. I'll be like, Tom, do you have a pick? You're just going to be like, I thought the second Eve six album was underrated. And that, you can, I, I also agree with that. <laughs> we'll talk about that at the end. <laughs> yeah, we will. That way That's it gives people future. a chance. If they're not interested in that part of the show, they could just, you know, end it there. Yeah, just turn off the podcast, yeah. listen to the first few tracks, and then get back to us. Yeah, we'll be fine. Okay, next game, 5 o'clock Wednesday, Mountain Time. Uh, Memphis uh, versus FAU, the Montgomery Bowl in Montgomery, Alabama. Memphis minus 8, total of an even 50. Ryan, you get first dibs on all Memphis games. We established that. You go ahead. Yeah, last chance of 2020 to bet against Willie Taggart. Get those bets in, baby. (laughs) Brady White, 3,100 yards passing on the season in 10 games. He's really good in these spots. He's not good when he has to win a big game, but he's going to be really good in this spot. So love Memphis. Lay the eight comfortably. Willie, Taggart, your time is up. I'm 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 loving my uh Santa Tracker uh idea for bad coaches because I kind of forgot about Taggart this year and could have been making yeah. more money against him. Um I I've changed it from like a Santa tracker to now just like an amber alert that just goes out whenever Taggart's um, you know, when you're laying less than 10 points against Taggart or Lovey Smith or Greg Williams or Bo Pelini or any of those guys. Um, so somebody has got to design this app that just like, it just like tells you what to bet based solely on bad coaching. Um, and there's been so much coaching carousel and our favorite bad coaches have been on the move that it's easy to forget about Taggart, you know, with guys like, uh, our classic favorite Brett Bielema, showing up on the sidelines of the Illinois game. Oh. It's it's easy for Taggart to get overlooked, but let's not overlook Taggart in our one final chance to get to bet against him. I'm with spill it hundred percent on this. Lay it. Brett by Lima. Uh, yeah. Anti-Taggart lay the eight. Last year, FAU with lame was the easiest bowl cover of the year, I believe. And it was like his going away party. And this will be the opposite. This will be an FAU flop. They're going to get buried. Okay. His never going away party. No, Jesus. Christmas Eve. This game's all sorts of messed up. This is all 2020 right here. This is the this game's the definition of 2020. Christmas Eve. Hawaii's involved, but they're playing in the Toyota or they're playing in the New Mexico Bowl, being played in Frisco, Texas. <laughs> and it's a game where Hawaii is supposed to be hosting this game at home in Hawaii, 
But the Aloha Bowl is now closed and will not take any more fans forever for football games. So that's how bizarre this game is. That's how this all happened. The Aloha Bowl is closed. They're building a new stadium. Uh, so they had to find a new place. So they said, fine, let's play in New Mexico. But New Mexico said COVID is a real disease. So we're going to put some regulations on the state. And now they got to play the game in Texas. But just to keep it fucking weird, they kept Hawaii in the game, which makes no sense. So they got to travel from Hawaii to Frisco, Texas on a Thursday before Christmas. Um, anyway, if you're still with me, America, Houston minus 13, total 59 and a half. Uh, I'm going to go uh, just an under in this game. Houston doesn't have that big offense like they used to. Hawaii is a running team. 60 is a lot of points. This should be a, a slop fest, um, just a mess of a game. So, uh, unfortunately, this is not entertaining whatsoever. Probably the worst bowl game. Just put that out there. I've got nothing Tom? to add. You you covered it beautifully. It's such a mess that how could you really bet anything but the under? The New Mexico Bowl in Frisco, Texas. The Hawaii-New Mexico-Frisco Bowl. Could they cancel like the New Mexico Bowl and maybe kept one of the other ones? That there isn't. A, is there a Frisco Bowl this year? Because that's a bowl. Maybe we'll keep scrolling down this list. We'll see what the hell comes up. It's hard when the all bowls right. came out like yesterday. You know, not a lot of time to all look right. through them all. However, there's some good news this year. There's a bowl on Christmas, and we haven't had a bowl on Christmas in a long time. Um, Fantastic. Marshall first UB, the Buffalo Bulls. This is a good one. This is one of the best Bulls. The Bulls coming off a defeat in the conference title game to Ball State simply because their head coach almost took the what job did he almost take? He was interviewing and they just, Illinois. Oh yeah, it was Illinois. They they it was down to him and Lovey. They made the wrong or uh sorry. Him, him, him and or, Brett. Brett, they still fucked up. They chose the wrong guy. Um, Marshall lost to Bill Clark, who once again proves that he's one of the most underrated head coaches in America. So this is a strange game to cap, especially on Christmas Day. Uh, Marshall looks awful. They've looked, I I mean, I don't know if if you had a chance to catch any of that UAB game on Friday night. I, I have no idea how they were undefeated. Because if that's what I saw this past week, and then the week before that, the quarterback threw no touchdowns, five picks. Um, they lost 20 nothing to Rice, remember, in the game that you you claim they yeah. threw the game. They did throw the game, and then he started 0 for his first 10 against UAB. So um, I see him throwing a third game. Therefore, lay Buffalo minus the three and a half. Yeah. So here's the funny thing. Like... The winner of the MAC plays a bowl game at, like in Detroit, right? They play like the Little Caesars Bowl if you win the MAC, something like that. But if you come second, but if you come second in the MAC, you get to go all the way down to the South. Granted, it's Montgomery, Alabama, but it's still not Buffalo weather-wise. It's not Detroit or Indianapolis or whatever the hell that bowl game is. Like Buffalo actually gets a better trip for not winning their, their conference. So I'm going to take Buffalo 
they're going to enjoy a little bit warmer weather than upstate New York, Western New York. I mean, I got to jump in, but you know, you guys probably have the list in front of you. As I said, you know, I've, uh, I've not looked too far in advance, but isn't ball state headed down to your favorite, the Tucson bowl. I think so. They're playing down to Tucson. I think they're playing the, the aforementioned yes, San Jose state. They're playing. They're going to get worked. They're going to get so. waxed. Yeah, they are. So we've talked about Tucson before. I don't know if that counts as a great trip or not. It's warm. Mm, no, it's not. It's weird. Well, sometimes. Okay. Anyway, uh, Ryan, you see your man, Bill Clark, was in the mix at Auburn. Should be. He absolutely should be. I think he's too good for them. Yeah, they're they're not uh, sure whether he will take it. They're, they got big problems at Auburn. Like, nobody wants to take the job. Because nobody knows who the hell is in charge at the school. They don't know if it's the AD, the president, the alumni, the board. Like, they don't. no one really knows who's making these decisions. I mean, that aside, you also just get destroyed by Alabama once a year. Plus, you've got, you know, Texas A&M looking great and LSU, we assume, will be back. Um, it's just a hard place to win these days. You might as well go to, like, a mediocre Big Ten school and you can play in the Big Ten championship, you know? Number one conference, according to one of the uh, three people talking. Well... <laughs> <laughs> it's been a challenging year, but they'll be back, baby. You know what the big 10 has done? They, you know, the, the good teams, like true leaders, like true leaders, they took a step back and, and let some of the others rise and develop. So next year, when everyone's at full strength, everyone's going to be good. Indiana, Maryland will be good again. Rutgers is much improved. They've chopped some wood and the Penn state and Michigan will be back to true form. Everyone's going to be great. As a conference, it is slightly more exciting. Like, you're going to have at least, it, like, Illinois won't have Lovey, so, like, I don't have to just hate them, you know, for, like, their oh, terrible play. Bilem is worse. Oh, yeah, you're right. They got Bilem. I forgot. I keep forgetting this. Never mind. He's worse. Sorry. Uh, the Big Ten is still going to be really fun next year. All right, talk about the next good. Game. Yeah. Uh, yeah, let's move along. Let's do it. Got on a little tangent there. Sorry, everyone. Next game, Saturday, December 26th. This game's all fucked up, too. 10 a.m., South Carolina against UAB. South Carolina's 2-8. and 2-8 playing against UAB. The SEC team is getting 6.5 points. Amazing. Against the against University of Alabama, Birmingham. Alabama is so good this year that that their branch campus Birmingham's laying seventh against the fucking Gamecocks. That's unbelievable. They Man. should just they should have just like <laughs> sent Bryce Young down to play. I guess I, they I don't, don't need him. Look, one team has an interim coach. One team has an elite top ten in the country coach that no one talks about. It's as simple as that. Bill Clark all day. Branch campus. It's, tr- it's it. tr- truly incredible, and I think you got to go with UAB unless Bill Clark takes the Auburn job or another job and leaves in the next three days. Yeah. Then all bets are speaking, off. Speaking of guys who just turned down the Auburn job, ULL, uh, the Raging Cajuns. Did, you ever, did you ever think you'd see a day where ULL and possibly UAB's coach were both in the mix for Auburn and uh, one of them – 
flat out turned it down and the other one like sent signals that he was going to turn it down. It's crazy. It's, that's really saying something. Alabama's just laughing. They, they played Nixon in the national championship game six years ago. They won one nine years ago. Yeah. That's what Auburn does though. They just are always going to be able to recruit and have loaded players. They just got to find coaches. And a quarterback. They just need a coach and a quarterback. That's always how, well, they always have everything else. That's basically like, the answer to the like any of these big schools, especially them. They always have stud linemen, stud. You know, you know this. They're all over the field. All right. Um, ULL lane thirteen total fifty seven and a half. That's a lot of points to lay in a bowl game. I hate laying points in bowl games. I don't know anything about UTA, um, UTSA whatsoever. Besides, the running back apparently has got. 1,345 yards and 11 touchdowns, which is pretty good. But I think they'll be trailing and they won't be able to lean on him. I think this one gets out of control. Lay the 13 with Napier. I'm sure his players will be happy he's coming back there. They should be pretty focused and block him. Yep, 100% agree. Lay, lay the 13. Domination. Yeah, this, ha- this has potential to be the like 48-14 bowl game. Usually every game's close, but there's one game that first week that's a total blowout. I think this one has a strong potential. Although who knows, Napier might take another job tomorrow. So you just never know. All right, moving on. Uh, this game here is not good. Lending Tree Bowl in Mobile, Alabama. Western Kentucky against Georgia State. I'm pretty sure Georgia State already played a bowl game we were talking about. As um, Georgia State and Georgia Southern could just be interchangeable. I know. We just don't know them. They're never on TV. I, it's hard to know, but they always end up with a winning record. One of them, I think, didn't start playing football D1 until like three years ago. Was making bowl games. So That's Southern. That's Southern. Nice job. Very good. Um, anyway, Georgia Southern minus four and a half. Total 51 and a half. I don't know. Where's this game being played? Alabama? All right. Over 51 and a half. Uh, again, we forget during the pandemic year. Western Kentucky's coach, Clay Helton's brother. Oh, no. Yeah, oh, that's right. Oh, God. This is, I really yeah. need those Amber Alerts. Because <laughs> I forgot. I, I knew that and I forgot. There is a Helton uh, yes, in this I'm game. Gonna... There is a Helton in this game. Yeah. Lay it, lay it, lay it, lay it. It's lay the points, points, lay the points. It's not much. I'm laying it. Let's go. Yeah. Or you know what else would work besides an Amber Alert? A like um, Microsoft Clippy where it's like you have laid a bet in a game where Clay Helton's brother is coaching. Are you sure you want to do this? Abort. Abort. Yeah. You you have bet on a Jeremy Pruitt team. Are you sure you want to continue? You have not received enough points to cover this line. Um, All right. Moving on. That's the answer. Next game, the FBC Mortgage Cure Bowl at Camping World Stadium. That's a mouthful. It's called the Boys Don't Lie Bowl. Bulls, the Boys Don't Lie. Liberty against Coastal Carolina. Coastal Carolina, congratulations on an 11-0 season. People didn't know that you existed uh, last year at this time. Um Great season. You got a, a bright future with a freshman quarterback playing well, with 23 touchdowns on the year. I don't know what's going to happen with your coaching situation and all that, but it's been a fun ride, if nothing else. So, anyway, 
You get to play Liberty this year. Liberty, also great year. Nine and one. People loving Hugh Freeze, assuming he's going to take a big job. All's been forgiven with Hugh. He's done his time in purgatory, apparently. And the college football, uh, you know, minds that be have are are just kind of facing facts that he's that he's going to return. Um, that all being said, the total is only fifty nine and a half. I know I sound like a broken record, but over. I, I both teams score a lot of points. Liberty scores a lot. As long as that, as both quarterbacks are playing in this game, over fifty nine and a half. It is. Uh, I mean, one team has a coach who probably is out going on its way out the door. One team has a coach who just signed a five year extension. I'm taking Coastal Carolina. The coach just signed a five year extension. Let's go. Uh, I mean, I like Coastal of these two teams, but I think that over is probably the play. So, um, but yeah, one team has been maybe, you know, the best, or I would say the second best non-Power 5 team of the season. They beat BYU. They have the resume. I mean, Liberty's marquee win is what, Syracuse? I'm joking, of course. Uh, no, Vatech. Yeah, Vatech. Oh yeah, they beat Vatech. That was a close one though. Um, yeah, th- this is a great game. I mean, both of these teams are really good. Um, both, you know, I assume that one or both of these coaches would have been gone by game time, but who knows? Maybe not. So, uh, at full strength, I'm taking coastal. So let's ride right. the hot hand and finish a perfect season. This will be their like PJ Fleck moment, you know, hats off to them. This is their UCF moment where they get to make rings that say they were the national champs because they were undefeated. They should. They should have got a chance over Notre Dame, but we've discussed that already. Ian Book's going to prove you all wrong. Uh, no, no, he's not. Ian, right, you mean uh, Ian Book, the winningest quarterback in Notre Dame history, and Brian Kelly, who's three wins, count it, Dan, three wins away from tying Root, Newt Rockney, all-time Notre Dame coach. So next year... Brian Kelly will be the winningest and therefore the best coach in Notre Dame history. And Rightfully Ian Book, so. Ian Book is already the winningest and therefore best quarterback in Notre Dame history. It's going to go down in history that legendary Kelly Ian Book combo. I mean, he's beat out I mean, listen, you can make fun of Ian Book, but he's surpassed many Notre Dame greats including Brady Quinn and Jimmy Clausen. Yeah. Rick Meyer yeah, no other names come to mind. <laughs> Deshaun Kaiser. <laughs> he would have been good if he had a given if he had been given a chance. He was a first round pick, I think. It happened. All right. He, he, anyway, uh, we'll talk about we, him. We can talk time. about Notre Dame. Unbelievable. One of All these right. days, like one of these days, I'd like to just do a podcast about like sort of forgotten college players. Like there would just be a whole episode on Bianca Batuka or Deshaun yes. Kaiser. Deshaun. It would be guys who like were awesome for a fleet. Like Khalil Tate would be a great example. Guys who didn't necessarily pan out in the pros, but will always be in our hearts. Khalil Tate forever. All right. We're going to Tuesday, December 29th. We've got two more games to talk about tonight. These are two cool games. Uh, if there's any high schoolers out there listening and you're wanting to go to college, uh, feel free to go to any of these four colleges. You're going to have a good time. I'm guessing, uh, Oklahoma state against Miami. 
again at Camping World Stadium in Orlando, Florida. I think they're hosting seven or eight bowls. Uh, Oklahoma State minus two, total 58 and a half. This game feels like opt-out city to me. It feels like there's going to be about 10 guys combined on both teams who are going to be preparing for the draft who aren't going to play this game. I have no idea if you're going to see Wallace and Oklahoma State. I think Hubbard already opted out for the year. Um, Derek King might pull an opt-out situation. Maybe he'll play and try to put on a show. There will be some various O-linemen and D-linemen sitting out. This is a tough game. Uh, this is I'm, I'm, I'm going to kick this to you, Tom, for the first pick. So I, I kind of agree with you, except for one critical point, which is that I think Derek King will play, and I think everyone else will opt out, and it'll just be him running around against second stringers, scoring That's all the possible. points himself. And That's so, very and so I think he single-handedly wins it, just like he's basically single-handedly carried Miami for the whole season. Totally agree with you, Tom. hundred percent. It's yeah. going to be the Derek King show. I'm taking Miami in this one. After all he's been through in his career, I feel like he's got a little bit left to prove before the NFL scouts see him. And it, it just will, it'll, you know, it'll just mean more. I like it. All right. All right. Last game of the night, the Alamo bowl. One of our, Favorite bowl games of the year. A must-watch every year. Tom Z's going to make a pot of coffee this year. He's fired up. Texas Longhorns. This is their Super Bowl, baby. <laughs> uh, against Colorado. Um, very strange. Texas laying a cool 11.5 in this game. Total 63.5. Ryan, start this one off. Okay. One word. Over. I am taking the over in this game and only the over in this game. I don't trust Texas to be favored by this many points. I don't think Colorado's played enough games to get a good enough feel for what they actually are. But what I have seen is they like to chuck it around a little bit. They like to try to score. This is, for me, I think this might be one of the three highest scoring bowl games. I'm taking the over big. What happened to Colorado toward the end of this season? Can you guys provide any insight? And then they played one game at the end and lost, I think, by a good amount. Yeah, USC, USC beat them pretty handily, right? There's no shame. Yeah, I think it was USC or something. Utah by 17. It was Utah, yeah. Oh, that's what it was, right? Yeah. Second half fell apart. They gave up the last. Yeah, it was good until Utah basically scored a bunch the last 20 minutes straight. They scored like 28 in a row. Anyway, hard to say. I agree with Ryan. Texas defense sucks. We're on turf. It's in Texas. Over. Yeah, I'm, I'm tempted to take Colorado with the points as well. You know, Dan, you've got uh, one coach who's on the rise and you got one coach who's on the decline. So Herman's got one more year left and he's gone. So, hallelujah. And then Urban Meyer comes in to save your program? I decided that I'm going to continue to be a Longhorns fan, but I am going to openly trash them for the next 10 months until they fire Herman. But he's definitely going to get fired next year, like, without without a doubt. Unless, I mean, unless they go, I would say 10 and 2 is the mark. Oh, yeah, that's not happening. So, we're good. 
Yeah. And when you see like Matt Campbell, you know, crushing it over there at Iowa state, like they shouldn't be better coached and playing better than the Texas Longhorns. No, not it's it's inexcusable. It's gone on for too long. Texas has won 10 games once in the past 10 years. And by the way, Mac Brown in the, in the orange bowl, right? That's right. We'll talk about that next week. That's going to be a fun one. Very fun. Maybe bring them back. Why not? Can't get worse. Uh, Texas is without getting too into it. Texas is like we just discussed with Auburn where, you know, they got uh, more problems than just the coaching. So there's going to have to be some uh, major overhauls there in Texas um, because Herman was a guy with great potential, you know, one of the most coveted hires. So I don't know if you can put this all on him. Although he certainly underperformed. Time to move on for him. So that's it. We're going to take a pause here from the college football lines for the week. Uh, We'll be back next week with the rest of the bowl games through the semifinal. Um, And then we'll do one more show for the national championship like we always do, which is my favorite show of the whole year by far. The one right before the championship? Yeah. Yeah. We need to really start working on that final show now, Tom, and make a list. There's a lot of stuff that we've been meaning to talk about. Well, we know who's going to play in it, so it should be pretty easy to break it down starting now. We could just go ahead and record the episode next week and just just do like, all right, and wait, like do the outro music, and then we'll just go be like, we're back. Alabama took care of business as expected last week. I mean, we could record. Yeah, we Crazy could record game. it. What a wild game! But Clemson just finds a way, like they always do. Trevor Lawrence, you just knew he wasn't going to be denied in his last game before going to <laughs> not the Jets. He was so happy about the Jets winning a game that he just came out strong. Um, can you really believe that happened? Can you really believe? Yes, I, I can Jets? believe it. That's the ultimate Jets move: is that they can't even fuck up, or they they can even fuck up fucking up. You, I mean, first of all, congratulations to you two. I mean, this is like you have no idea. Good. This is the second best thing that's happened like this season, and and that Jets loss is up there with like the Giants beating the Patriots. Like those are like the three best things of the 20th century. This the, season, the best the like Jets non that game yeah that. the best. No, I mean, Bills wins that didn't involve the Bills would be Ryan help me out. But that Andy Dalton Bengals game is number one for sure. And then probably okay. the giants beating the Patriots in the super bowl, um, yes. the, the undefeated year. And then the other year, that's going to be number one, hands down. That was, and then, a, yeah. And, and then the jets beating the, the Rams. And then the jets, I think those three Rams, are yeah. probably the three. So I have a, I have a friend who is a Pats fan. And uh, after that Jets win, he cracked open like a five hundred dollar bo- bottle of bourbon to celebrate. He knows because he it's knows Peyton it's Manor. like it's say goodbye. Yeah, you've got the best prospect in twenty years coming in, and now he's you know probably down in Florida instead of terrorizing your division. I'm so happy for Lawrence. Like this is great. He gets to stay in the South. He doesn't have to play in this cold weather it's good for him it's good for the nfl it's good for the other three teams in the afc east it's great for everyone except the jets fans but they're used to it we got the bills coverage right now on espn we got josh allen coming back to the airport by the way if trev went to the jets it would have been like 
Hey, remember when Josh Allen had that really like MVP caliber year before Trev came in? <laughs> like he would take all, like he would have taken all, like, I mean, not the Josh Allen was a ton, you know, they would have taken, no one would even talk about anyone else but Trevor. He'd be like, you son of a bitch. One yeah. Year. Allen would have went on and had a, you know, fine career, but like the, he would not have been the talk of the town or the league anymore. It would have been, the air would have been out of the sales immediately. So enjoy Jacksonville. You're good now. Congratulations to Jaguars fans. And if you win a game, Jacksonville, you're the dumbest franchise, even worse than the Jets. Oh, no, there's no way. If, if like, uh, if you just want to take your whole account every, uh, for, for the next two Sundays and just bet the other team's money line against Jacksonville, just go ahead. It doesn't matter if it's minus 900, just bet 90 to win 10, pick up your money and move on to the next thing. Like you can't lose. Uh, anything else you guys want to mention before we, uh, you know, take a week, week and a half break before the next one? Uh, quickly, um, if you haven't added the uh, Eve Six feed on Twitter, please do. Tom turned us on to the lead singer of Eve Six, who um, added a Twitter page recently and is very honest about his place in music history the importance of his music. He understands how, how weird that whole scene was. And he just talks about all the nineties bands that we like to talk about. So very funny. Uh, he says he's, I mean, Eve six, you know, our introduction was in high school when uh, inside out, AKA the heart in a blender song came out. And then, you know, they had leech and open road song, our personal favorite, but we saw them at the Lost Horizon, a place you love, spill it. And uh, it was called the We Suck Live Tour. And uh, it didn't disappoint. But now the book, he, you know, allegedly he's writing this book, which is why he's been tweeting a ton because he's, you know, dredging up these old memories. And he's calling the book the uh, Ode to Rock and Roll Mediocrity, which yeah. is just so funny because it's like, it actually makes me like him more. Because like, let's be honest, I listened to that um, live fly album. You guys warned me about five weeks ago and you guys are like, yeah, yeah it's pretty bad. I listened and it's like, true. even with your warning, I really wasn't prepared. Like it really it does horrible. not sound good, but it's so bad. They put together seven or eight really good studio songs and, you know, a couple albums that are, you know, very listenable. And so they've got a special place in my heart. Uh, and you know, of course it's at like the exact right time when we were like juniors in high school. So, uh, it's, it's fun to listen to him, him talk about like stained and third eye blind and all the other bands they toured with stained. And, uh, do we want to take credit for the three eleven joke? So he made a three eleven joke, which is a three eleven joke that probably everyone's heard by now, which is the, uh, you know, what's the worst thing since nine 11 dot, dot, dot. 311. I want to say, you know, that joke, that specific wording of the joke comes from the comedian Neil Hamburger. I think he said it in like, I don't know, 2008 or nine. We've been making a variation of that joke, uh, certainly since this podcast started, but I'm pretty sure Dan on like September 12th, we were making that joke. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like it, there, there's no way that we made it. Like it was definitely before Halloween in 2001. 
Like, yeah. <laughs> that's definitely I mean, we took a few days of reverence, but I would say by, by September 19th, we made that joke. Our variation was, see, the problem with the Neil Hamburger joke is it, um, it erases 311's pre-2001 catalog, which is really the, the gems. You know, they're talking about amber and all that stuff. But you got to go back to, you know, chill and down, uh, down beautiful disaster, all mixed up. Don't know what to do. Like, that's the real comedic jam. You know, forget about Amber. Speaking of Amber alerts, that could that could be what it is. Your phone goes off. (laughs) It plays, um, you know, Amber is the color of your energy. And then you're like, what's going on? And you look and it's like. Jeremy Pruitt coaching a game at ball state in 2024. You're like, aha, bet max against <laughs> let's combine all these bad things into one awesome app. Amber, let's do it. Anyway, we, oh, we, so. we were the first ones to make that joke. I'm pretty sure, yeah. but ours was the opposite. It was like, Oh, I'm pretty sure the joke we made was like, you know, we got through three We'll get through nine 11. <laughs> three eleven was involved because no one made fun of three eleven more than us. You said that too. You had a theory for a while that three eleven was behind nine eleven. Yeah, that also I said was three eleven mastermind nine eleven. I believe was was the argument, and it's still true. See, I don't think they could have done. I think if they had done it you would have heard them say their name while it was happening. Nick, Nick Hexum is a, is a train pilot. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> There's so much more we could do, but I don't have time to edit this episode and I'm really worried about what might come out. You know, it's about to come next. It's about to go off the cliff in the next 90 seconds. So let's yeah. call it an episode tonight. We'll come back next Monday and pick the rest of these bowl games. I hope we get like 80% of the ones we talked about today in. That'd be good. Yeah, and, our over-under uh, was 21 and a half bowl games total. So I'm thinking yeah. it's going to be the under, but we'll see how it goes. We'll, um, like all season, we'll just enjoy whatever uh, the fates give us. All the games in Florida are getting played. You know that. So just count those. Yeah. Florida, Florida and Texas. Texas We'll we'll give us about yeah. fourteen games combined, and then it's on the rest yeah, of the are. states to give us eight. Okay, uh, all right. Idaho's going to bell roll with that. They're they're good up there. Yeah, Arizona's going to end up like hosting at least three. They might do more. Yeah, lost again. All right. Wonderful. All right, Tom. Give yourself a good night. Thank you, America. Thank you, America. Good night. Yes. Part of the blender song? Oh no, Promise. Promise. Second, or first single off the second album. Off a horoscope. That's right, Dan. See, you know more than you let on. Hey, you, Tom. You know, it does make sense that we are the official Eve 6 podcast. They did get their name from an X-Files episode. So this is it's all one big X-Files circle. <laughs>